thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been taking some time, a lot of time to teach on the mind mm -hmm. because we all have to be skillful in our thought lives because we carry our minds for the rest of our lives. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to take your mind, leave it at home and go out for a vacation. You're going to take it with you everywhere. So you want to enjoy what you've allowed in your thought life, right? And so we've been using as our golden verse what something that Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a, a power or authority and love and a sound mind. And the Amplified Classic translation further describes the sound mind. It says it's a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind, disciplined and controlled. And so we have to become skillful at this divine inheritance of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. Just as healing belongs to us, prosperity belongs to us in Christ, victory belongs to us, a sound mind belongs to us in Christ. It's part of our inheritance. And Jesus' mind was tortured. I mean, his mind was tortured. He bore that. They put that crown of thorns on his head signifying that his mind, what he took... He took the punishment so that we could have peace. Amen. Now, listen, he wasn't tortured in his mind throughout his earthly ministry. It was when sin was laid on him, same place at the cross, our, our, our uh, punishment that brought us peace was laid on him. Amen. So it would be wrong for us to have a troubled mind when he paid everything. It cost him everything for us to have a sound mind. And so it's not appropriate for us to not be skillful with that sound mind because we want to honor the price he paid. And that's one way we honor it. Amen. Amen. He's pleased when we live in the peace, in the calmness, in the well-balanced sound mind he purchased for us. Amen. Amen. And uh, one of the things that we have to realize is that to enjoy a sound mind, we have to know how to stand our ground against the enemy. Why? Because he's going to oppose and try to insert wrong thinking, inject wrong thinking. Mm -hmm. Why does he try to do that? Well, the mind is his battleground for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason it's his battleground, because if he can get us thinking wrong, then he has access into our lives. Mm -hmm. That gives him a place. And uh, because he knows when somebody thinks right that he has no entrance. That's right. So we have to keep thinking right. Well, what do we do? We renew our minds with the Word of God. We learn, we learn the thoughts of God, the Word of God, and we make His thoughts our thoughts. How do we do that? By meditating on them, by confessing it, 
by living it, putting it into practice in our daily life. Amen. When wrong, troubling thoughts come, we answer it. We have to be good at exercising our authority and answer wrong thoughts. And so we want to go a little bit further today and look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. We've been looking at this the last couple of episodes, but we want to try to complete some things today. Mm-hmm. And in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it reads, Finally, my brethren, Paul writes, Be strong in the Lord and be strong in the power of His might. Mm-hmm. Well, to be strong in the Lord, God and His Word are one. So to be strong in the Lord, you have to be strong in the word. Well, what's it mean to be strong in the word? Be full of it. Be full of the word. Fill up with the, with the, the flow of the word. Amen? Amen? And then he says this also, be strong in the power of his might. Well, what's the power of his might? The Holy Ghost. Yes. Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So Paul is really saying, my brethren, be full of the word and be full of the spirit. And then why does he say that? Because if we're full of the word and we're full of the spirit, we'll be able to take a bold stand against any opposition, against any adversary, against any enemy. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's difficult to be bold when you're less than full. It's it's easy to be swayed when you're less than full. But when you're full, nothing can move you. Amen. Amen. And so uh, Paul goes on writing in Ephesians 6.10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People aren't our problem. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I said people aren't our problem. You say, well, they seem like the problem. (laughs) Well, really, many times they're being influenced. Uh They're being used in in some situations. And the devil would love for you to keep striking at the person because you never deal with the root of the problem, which is him. And so, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, these are just four, four different rankings or uh, four different levels of demons. And uh, we have authority over all of them. Amen. We can exercise our authority. Now, we were looking at what it says in Ephesians 6 and 11, put on the whole armor of God. We were, we were looking at each, each piece of that armor, and we want to continue to do that today. Why do we have to put on that whole armor of God? Is so that we may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies mm-hmm. of the enemy. So you don't want to face difficulties without having these things in place in your life. Yes, and so the first thing, and we already looked at it, you need to watch a pre, the previous episode to see more in-depth teaching on these. But we'll just refer to them real quickly right now. First of all, the girdle of truth. Right. That means to, to, to understand God's word accurately. Amen. Because uh, you're going to answer opposition with the word. You have to understand that word to use it accurately. And then there's also the breastplate of righteousness. We are righteous, not because we've done everything right, but because Jesus did everything right. He made his righteousness ours. Amen. 
And so because he made us righteous, now we're to live that way. Mm -hmm. That righteousness needs to play out in our dealings Mm -hmm. that we do right. We think right. We live right. We treat people right. We're on the right side or the word side of issues. Amen. 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 Uh, We can be bold when we're taking a right stance on the word. Now, see, if we're not walking in our righteousness, let's say we take a stand that's other than the word, uh, then you're not going to be able to be bold in the face of opposition. You have to be stand. You have to be. You have to be right. Amen. You have to be right toward your dealings in business, toward your dealings with other people. In your dealings with God, you have to be right toward Him. Amen. And we can because we've been made right with Him. And so we're to walk out that righteousness in our everyday life. And then the last episode, we especially talked a little bit more about this third one, which is having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Listen, we need to be prepared for whatever comes by daily walking in the light of the word. Amen. Amen. And so we spent some time on that one. So we'll not take the time to do that today. The next one we want to look at here is the shield of faith. We quench every fiery dart of the enemy with the shield of faith in God's word. Amen. The devil will send all kinds of fiery darts against the mind. And you have to hold up the word, answer that. And then that, that, uh, that shield of the word takes the hit, not your mind. Amen. And so uh, we've been given a sound mind, but we have to guard it. using our faith in the word of God. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness of temptation in Luke chapter four records that passage and Jesus's policy of dealing with the devil was when the devil would say something to him, challenge him with something. Jesus's policy of dealing with him was it is written. He answered him with the word. That was his policy. He demonstrated unto us the shield of faith in God's word. That's our policy. We answer with the word. Amen. Amen. Then the next thing of our, of our armor is it says the helmet of salvation. What's that mean? You have to have knowledge of your position in God because you're redeemed. You have to know who you are in Christ, what belongs to you because you are saved. Amen. It includes knowing who you are in Christ, what you have because you're in Christ and what you can do in Christ. If you don't know that, your uh, helmet's not in place. (laughs) And there will be attacks that you won't really know how to skillfully uh, handle when you don't know who you are in Christ. Find out who you are in Christ. Now, um, Dad Hagen, who was a spiritual father to us, he um, would often say, find the scriptures that tell you who you are in him, in Christ. The scriptures that use the wording in him, in Christ, in whom, through him, all of these that show us what's ours because we're his. What belongs to us because we belong to him. What we did at our ministry is on our website, we posted a list of all of those scriptures. So you can go to our website and get that free of charge. You can go to deframeministries.org, go to the button that says store, and it's a downloadable document. You can download it to your device or you can even print that out. 
feed on those scriptures. Yes. We put them there mm -hmm. so that they're accessible to you, that you start building in you and grafting in you that word, which is able to save your soul or renew your mind. And when you find out who you are in Christ, I tell you that helmet of salvation of who you, what belongs to you because you're saved and what's part of your salvation package. I tell you what, your mind is guarded. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's a renewed mind is what it is. The helmet of salvation is the renewed mind to who you are in Christ that protects your mind from wrong thoughts. Wrong thoughts that come. And if you don't know who you are in Christ, you'll accept a wrong thought many times not recognizing the damage it will do. The next thing it says is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is using the spoken word against the enemy. You answer his attacks by speaking the word of God. When you speak the word, you put the sword in the enemy's hand. I mean, excuse me, in the spirit's hand against that enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. All the other pieces of the armor are defensive, but this one is the offensive, the only offensive piece of armor that we have. And we must be continually arrayed. Remember what Paul said, put on. You put it on. You can't just confess it on. It's, it's good to confess it on, but it's how we live. It's how we conduct our everyday life. And it's, it's, it's perfectly all right to say, Father, I put on the girdle of truth. Then you have to walk in the truth. <laughs> you can't just put it on through confession then live any way you want to live. You see. Hallelujah. Now, why, do, why did Paul say put this armor on? Because Ephesians 6 verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm -hmm. Now, look at the word wrestle. It does not mean fight. We're not fighting the devil. We're no match for him. Mm -hmm. We proved that. That's why Jesus had to come because man was no match. So you cannot, you absolutely cannot take on and say, take on the mentality, I'm fighting the devil because he's a defeated foe. Why, you want to beat, why do you want to fight someone who's already been defeated for you? So we have to realize he's not talking here about fighting the devil. He said that we wrestle with these, uh, these different levels of devils that will attack lives, there's a wrestling that we have to do. And that's why we put on our armor. Now, if we look at W.E. Vine, now W.E. Vine's expository dictionary, he wrote a, a dictionary of New Testament words. W.E. Vine's dictionary. He says the word wrestle means to sway. So the devil wrestles comes against us to sway us. Uh -huh. And that's why we wear our armor so that we're not swayed. Yes, that's right. Not so that we fight, yes. but so we're not swayed. We're protected yes. from the opposition that tries to sway us. Mm -hmm. What's he trying to sway us off of? The word. Mm -hmm. What's he trying to sway us off of? Victory. Mm -hmm. He's trying to sway us off peace. He's trying to sway us off faith. Mm -hmm. Everything that belongs to us in Christ, he's trying to sway us off of that. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So as we put on the armor, as we know who we are in Christ and we're a doer of the word and we're walking out the word in everyday life, we're practicing the word, then we're able to take a firm stand on the word and no matter what strategy the devil uses, you can't move us. Yes. Amen. Amen. So if we're, clad, if we're full of the word 
and we're full of the Spirit, like Ephesians 6.10 says, but then we're also, uh, we have put on our armor every day. We never take it off. Never take off your helmet of salvation. (laughs) These aren't things you take off. There are things you put on and you sleep in them. You walk in them. You live in it. This is your lifestyle. Amen. And as we do, as we're full of the word and full of the spirit, and as we have our armor, uh, we're wearing it as we ought, then we're able to be unswayed. Amen. We can't stop opposition from coming, but we can certainly stop from being swayed by it. Amen. The wrestling we do is not against the devil. Uh, Like I said, he's defeated. We're not to wrestle with a defeated foe. We're not fighting against that. Amen. Uh, The wrestling we do is we fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Which is done by keeping our thoughts on the word, our God's word in our mouth and answering opposition with the word. We hold fast to that word. No matter what comes, we refuse to be swayed. Amen. Amen. Paul Paul calls it the good fight. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Why is it a good fight? Because that's a winning fight. That's the fight that you're empowered for. You're not empowered for the worried fight. You're not empowered for the, the emotional fight. Amen. We're not, you're, God's not empowering us for the fearful fight. Why? Because the fear is not from him. He empowers us with his word and his spirit so we can stand against these things. But really, the good fight of faith is a fight of words. That when something is spoken, we answer it with the word of God. When troubling thoughts come, when suggestions of the enemy, things that come against our mind comes, we, we resist it with the word. Amen. Amen. Now stand, uh, turn with me if you would to first Peter chapter five and verse eight. And I'm going to read this out of the amplified classic translation. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. Um, This is important for us to to see because we have been given a sound mind. Mm -hmm. But this is what a sound mind does right here. Verse 8, be well balanced, temperate, Mm -hmm. sober of mind. Mm -hmm. Look at this, be vigilant. Mm -hmm. What's this? What's that mean? Pay attention. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Uh, The devil is waiting for you just to not be observant. Mm -hmm. He loves to, he loves to work unnoticed. So it's our job and our privilege to be vigilant and notice and cautious. How often we do, do we do this at all times, at all times. Why is that? For the enemy of yours, you have an enemy, right? For that enemy of yours, the devil, he roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Listen, he roars like a lion. He's not, he not lying. He's not lying. <laughs> you know what? The lion of the tribe of Judah, he's, that's, that's who we're filled with. Amen. So uh, the devil walks about, he's seeking someone. What? That's not full of the spirit, not full of the word, not wearing their armor, right? Mm -hmm. He's seeking someone to seize upon and to devour. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Withstand him. What says he's going to show up, but withstand him. Mm -hmm. 
How do we withstand him? Be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Meaning this, I don't let go. I don't quit. I don't give up. I don't tuck tail and run. I am determined. Amen. Well, the thing is, is that we have to stand firm in our faith, it says. What's, what's it mean to stand firm in your faith? Don't change what you believe just because you're opposed. That's what that means. Stand firm in your faith. You believed you were healed before symptoms came. Believe you're healed after symptoms come. You believed that God was your provider before lack tried to show up. When it looks like lack tries to show up, still believe that he's your provider. Amen. Amen. That's what it means. Remember the, the passage Jesus said to his disciples one day during his earthly ministry, he said, uh, let's go to the other side. So they all get in this boat and they're traveling to the other side. And uh, why did they get in the boat? Because he said, let's go to the other side. They thought they were going to get to the other side, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Jesus gets in the boat. He falls asleep. The disciples are, uh, you know, tending to the boat. Mm -hmm. A storm comes. Mm -hmm. The boat starts filling up with water. And as you know, some of these disciples... They, they lived on the water for a living before they followed Jesus. They were fishermen, some of them. And so they know what to do. This is not foreign territory to be in a boat. It's not foreign territory to be in a storm in a boat. So they did everything they knew to do in that storm and nothing worked. So Peter goes back. Now listen to what Peter says. Master, and he wakes him up. Carest thou not? that we perish. In other words, now he's accusing Jesus of not caring because he's not panicked with them. If you're not as upset as we are, it's because you don't care. (laughs) But listen to, listen to his words. Carest thou not, look look at this, that we perish. Ah, who told him he was perishing? Uh Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Peter changed what he believed. Uh He believed now we're perishing. You see what it means to stand firm in the faith. Don't change what you believe just because you see something, just because you feel something. They were feeling a lot in that storm. They were seeing a lot in that storm. And that is what caused him to change what he believed about the outcome. He believed we're perishing. And uh, so this is what it means to stand firm in the faith. Believe, believe the word that you believed before the opposition showed up. Just don't change. And Jesus, uh, he woke up and still wasn't changed. But he stood up, rebuked the wind, rebuked the storm, rebuked the waves. It went calm and he turned around. <laughs> he didn't deal with the devil. When he turned around in that boat, he, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't on the devil. Mm-hmm. He turned to them, where's your faith? Yes. Why'd you have mm-hmm. such little, oh, ye of little faith, yes. their measure of faith. Yes. Hmm. They weren't even using the little bit they had, <laughs> right? right? 
They didn't cause the storm, but they got rebuked in the storm. You, if we don't stand firm, that's our fault. It's not the fault of the storm. It's our fault because we've been given the means whereby we can experience victory in every situation of life. Amen. Be full of the word. Be full of the spirit. Why do we have to stand firm in the faith? Well, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says this, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The only way you get to the other side is by faith. You use your faith. I love something that Sister Gloria Copeland said years ago, and I never forgot it. She said, your victory is waiting for your faith to show up. Victory belongs to you, but your faith has to be added to it. Amen. Amen. Why is it? Because faith activates the victory that has been yours all along. It's a voice-activated victory. You put the, the words of faith in your mouth and it activates. And you speak those words of faith and it activates your victory. That's why we're to stand firm in the faith. That's why we're to be unswayable. Amen. And something that's full cannot be moved. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, I am so thankful for the privilege of sharing the word with you. And those of you, you may be watching and say, Pastor Nancy, I'm tired of the life I've lived. I'm tired of being pushed around by circumstances and opposition and crisis after crisis, problem after problem, heartbreak after heartbreak. I tell you what, God gave you a future in giving you the gift of Jesus, but you have to receive it. And so we want to give you that opportunity right now. If you've never been born again, even though you might've been a church member, but you've never been born again. You've never called on the name of the Lord to be saved. We want to give you that opportunity. So right now, just pray this after me to be born again. Say, Father, I receive the gift of Jesus that you gave me. I receive him as my Savior. I thank you that he has washed away all my sin with his blood and given me a brand new start. And I'm a new creature in Christ. God is my father. Jesus is my Lord and my savior. And I'm a child of God now. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I am so thrilled to get to come and share the word with you. And the reason, can I tell you the reason we're here on this network today is because of Kenneth Copeland Ministries. They have sowed the seed of this airtime to this ministry. And I tell you what, it's not a light thing. We want to help fulfill the vision that's in their heart of bringing the word of faith to you. And so I want, I invite you that if you're not already a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries, pray about becoming one. You can go to their website at kcm.org and you can sign up to be a partner because these truths are life and death. Amen. And they're blessing to our life. They're a rescue to us. Amen. And so as you go today, we want to remind you of this, that Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org.
This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. God's Word will reach into your everyday life, transforming it. It will lift you from the commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.